send Big 12 Basketball Eve. The BYU men open Big 12 play tomorrow and with their star big man Foos Traore expected to return, how does that change things for the Cougars? The head coach of the 12th ranked team in the country, Mark Pope, will answer that, discuss his biggest confidence points and question marks about this team right now and preview the matchup with the Bearcats. Are the Cougars for real or not? Opposing coach quotes that we may or may not agree with. And it's a season opening ball night for men's volleyballs. Mix Romanus and Capona Brown join us in studio to preview the matchups with Ball State. And boom goes the Dunn. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday, everyone. This is how we do it. January 5th, I am Spencer Linton. He is home court advantage rankings expert. Jerem Jordan. Listen, uh, Jay Bill has put out a top five venues in college basketball. Marriott Center did not make it on the what? list. And Spencer uh, Johnson and Linton are not ha happy about it. <laughs> this one goes out to Jay Billis. Jay Billis, if you're listening, I saw a video the other day. You put out top five venues in uh, the country. I don't know if you've ever been to Provo. When we're rocking, but uh, you got to make it out to one of our games. Put us on your list. Mark it down. The Rock. Let's go. Yeah, Jay Billis needs to uh, get a, a Big 12 game. That'd be fun. I love that Spencer threw that out there specifically. Hey, we see this. We disagree with it. We think you need to be here. Just maybe, let's say BYU is special enough in the first month of Big 12 play that they get to that Saturday afternoon game against Texas, and maybe, maybe there's some added national buzz and a guy like Jay Billis, among others, I don't show know up and watch that. what he's scheduled for, not quite yet. But honestly, BYU got the we don't expect them to be good treatment. There's a lot of ESPN Plus in conference play. In hindsight, I think BYU would be on a lot more linear channels like ESPN, ESPN2, and so on and so forth. Had they known what BYU would become, we didn't know. Team didn't know. Here we are. Uh, but, yeah, ESPN Plus is the benefactor. Uh, fact, the Marriott Center tomorrow night is going to be an absolute hornet's nest. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so loud and just energy is going to just permeate that building. I don't like that we have men's volleyball and men's basketball at the same time. That's disappointing. All right, what starts an what, hour after the fact but it is, is okay? What it is. You know, volleyball, handle your business in three sets, and then everyone else is trying to get over to the get over center. here. Yeah. But, but that's not the reason that it's at eight. It's because women's hoops is earlier <laughs> yes. in the afternoon. I wish that we could have uh, separated that in the schedule, but it doesn't always work out. There's one team that isn't in the Big 12. And it's the it, men's it is men's team. volleyball. Yeah, exactly. this, this is true. Uh, ample reasons for all of you to get on your feet tomorrow and cheer for BYU. So rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. Dawson Baker, another mid-range shot. Blocked by Atiki Ali Atiki. How about the spin and slam from Foose? Uh, looking forward to... More of that from Foose Traore when he's back in the lineup tomorrow night for BYU. Just a matter of how much he's going to play. And when he enters the game, we'll ask head coach Mark Pope about those very specific things coming up in about 15 minutes. BYU men's basketball, 12-1 through non-conference play. They are number 12 in the national rankings, both the AP poll and the coaches poll. Number two net ranking for their Big 12 debut tomorrow against Cincinnati. And head coach Mark Pope, again, hopeful, they will be bringing in a fully healthy Foos Traore. Listen to this. He had a full practice today, so we're keeping our fingers crossed we'll have him Saturday. All right. As you listen to that specific commentary from the coach, Jerem, if Foos is able to play and 
play notable minutes. How does that change this BYU basketball dynamic and, and how they want to play? It's hard to think BYU could get much better, but uh, they get better with Foose in there because he's a good player. He's your leading scorer from last year, your leading rebounder. He's the highest shooter by field goal percentage in the history of BYU basketball at 60.9%. So Foose gets in there and you get better. Now, does it take a shooter off the floor when Foose is in from the perimeter? Yes. But it does when Atiki Ali Atiki's in. Atiki, by the way, what you would think, hey, maybe he gets fewer minutes than he had before. He's coming off his two best games as a Cougar. He scored 26 points, averaging uh, you know, 13 a game the last two, six rebounds. He's uh, only missed like three shots in the last two games. Yes. He's playing great. Ali Khalif is playing great. Foose has to show up and play well because these two guys are playing well. This is what you want. You want depth. You want a lot of options. He shouldn't start right away. Ali Khalifa is doing great in the starting lineup. He's probably on some kind of minutes restriction. Um, we'll, we'll ask Mark about that. Um, so you don't, you, you don't start him right away. You play him hopefully 10 or 15 minutes, get him in the mix, and then you go from there. But he certainly provides some low post-scoring yes. punch. Yes, yes. he does not have currently. If he gets some one-on-one matchups, he'll take advantage of that. He certainly is going to do his thing, which is go up against guys that are way bigger than him. Victor Lockin is a 6'11 guy he could go up against. Jamil Reynolds, 6'11 guy he could go up against. Seven-footer Aziz Bandego from UVU, by the way, to Cincinnati, seven-footer. So there is size for Cincinnati. They need Foose, I think, in this game to rebound at least. They need his physicality. He opens up a different part of the playbook for BYU. So, yeah, Ali Khalifa has a very specific role in what he does. He's the elite passer in college basketball, and BYU can do a number of things around him. So there's like a package for Ali, and then there's a package for Atiki Ali Atiki, who's above the rim and is the lob guy and is the rim protector. And then you bring in Foose, and you, you mentioned it, like there's that just downright physical post presence, right? Just blunt force in the post that BYU has been missing. So it just, it just opens up another portion of the offense that BYU has been missing. And if you need to remind yourself what that looks like, then go back and watch the San Diego State game. Foose was so good against long, athletic San Diego State bigs. That's what he's going to see tomorrow night against Cincinnati. And in Big 12 play, man. It's going to be very similar to that all year long. Right, yeah, yeah, a ton of San Diego States. BYU needs Foose to open up that portion of the offense and bring back that physicality. So this is a good thing. I wonder how much he's going to play. Is it 18 minutes? Is it 22? I wouldn't think it's 22. Like a lot of some of the main guys from BYU are playing like 22-ish. So I, I would think it's 10 to 15. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A little, little less than that. All right. Yeah. You, you don't need to throw him out there a ton. Granted, if he's dominating, keep him in there. But uh, we'll see, man. It was fun to watch him compete and play well against a, a really good big like Ladie from San Diego State. Yeah. Like Foose, he just brings a different element. Yeah. And BYU needs that physicality, certainly in a, a conference that's loaded with tough physical athletic big men. Haven't needed it the last seven. No, they, ne- they need it now. But could have used it against Utah. Let's say that. Topic two. Jeff Borzella wrote an article on ESPN.com that uses opposing coaches' quotes on why BYU is for real and why perhaps BYU is not. Let's read two of each and see if we agree. So why BYU is for real? Here's the two. First, uh, the makeup of the roster, an opposing coach. Not to be cliched, but they're older and more mature. They care about winning. They're selfless. They're sneaky physical. They play with an arrogance and a chip on their shoulder. Do you agree? Yes, all of that is accurate. 
and these coaches know. Please make it manifest. Just played BYU. Yeah. BYU, technically speaking, is quite literally older and more mature than many of the teams they've faced in non-conference play. We can quantify that. Spencer Johnson first, Trevor Nell third, oldest college basketball players. Yeah, the the youngest By age. rotation players for BYU on the team right now are Dallin Hall and Richie Saunders, and they're both return missionaries that are sophomores. Yeah. Those are the those are the young guys for yeah. BYU. So yeah, they're they are, they are older and more mature. Uh, they're all bought in on winning for sure. Selfless, I think, is one of the best words that you can use to describe the current state of BYU yeah. basketball. We can quantify selflessness in basketball. It's a, assist it's, to turnover ratio. It's, well, it's less about turnovers, just more about assists. Yeah, just first in the country, twenty-two point two. And they rebound the basketball, which goes with the physical comment. Rebound that basketball. Yes. Oh, I, I, we didn't it, talk there about you that. go. Yeah. BYU is very Going physical back to Utah High School basketball. on the offensive and defensive glass. So I, yeah. he says they play with an arrogance and a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, may, maybe there's. I don't know how to quantify that, but they do play confidently, and they do oh, play yeah. a very physical brand of basketball. Rebounding on the again on the offensive and defensive glass. Specifically, so they've chosen this wedge technique, which is basically you try and pin your defender under the rim, but all like four of the five go to the to the rim all the time. And this is where BYU's depth is awesome, because BYU is ten or eleven deep right now. I don't include Marcus Adams as a regular piece of the rotation at the moment. Dawson Baker is your other fringe player there. He's like. Kind of in it. We'll see sure. what happens with him. Who knows they, how much more BYU is going to get out of him? Are they going to play him? There's a reality where he could shut it down and, and not play until next year. He has to tell the UCF game, by the way. Yeah. So we know. That BYU can literally sub in five. This is what Mark did at Kentucky, by the way. He was part of the second unit. They would come in. They would press all game. This is a, That's not BYU style, but they go 10 deep, and they can literally go super hard because no one's playing 28 minutes a game. So that's an advantage for BYU, that depth where they can go super hard when they're in. And by the way, Cincinnati number one in rebounding, offensive rebound percentage defense, meaning they keep the opposing team off the offensive glass, a.k.a. defensive rebounding. BYU's number three. It's going to be a huge matchup in this game. I can't wait to Looking watch forward it. to it. Mark Pope said in a timeout during the Wyoming game, in the heat of the battle, rebounding is what makes us better than every other team in the country. And he not said, three-point shooting, nope. not assist. No, he said, I know it's not sexy, guys. It's, it's just not. It's not nearly as fun as some of the other fun stuff that we do. But rebounding is what makes us better than every other team in America. And I love that. I, th- I thought there's a lot of truth to that. That speaks to the physicality and everything that you were just discussing. Okay, next quote. Again, this article from Jeff Borzello. I love it when they do this, when they talk to a bunch of different coaches. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. And it's obviously anonymous and they can. It's so, it's so great. They can say whatever they want. Openly. They yeah, can, yeah. Yes, I yeah. love no that. No coach speak. Okay, BYU's biggest keys to success on topic here. The biggest key for BYU has been its three-point shooting, says Jeff Borzello, and passing. The Cougars shoot 38% from three, number 23 nationally, but they're top five in both assist rate and three-point rate. So the opposing coach, in response to that, says they're such a good passing team. As soon as they see the help, they spray the ball. They're very good shooters. They drive to pass. You really have to prepare for that. They're really driving it to get you to help. They're not trying to get to the basket. When Ali Khalifa is on the floor, they have five guys on the floor who can make a shot. Yep. You're going to get exposed eventually, and they're willing to get the ball to the open man, close quote. Yeah, I, I agree completely. By the way, Ali Khalifa has made six of his last 12 threes. He is uh, – you have to guard him now. So there's so many one-on-one matchups. 
And if you're going to guard Trevin Nell and Spencer Johnson and Noah Waterman and Jackson Robinson super, and Dallin Hulse and Rich Saunders, <laughs> so many guys, super tight, guess what? They're going to cut and get a layup. Jaron, there are 10 guys on the roster that if you rolled out there and said, okay, shoot a three, I would feel confident about them shooting the three. Ten. It's wild. It's just, uh, you know, Foose and Atiki have a yellowish light. Like, everyone else is green, bright green, like neon green. Unbelievable yeah. the depth they have and the ability to shoot the three in that specific, you know, part. Of, like, to go ten deep and, like, ten guys can shoot the three. That's, that's, why, that's wild. That's why the sustainability of the threes is more probable than not because you have the volume of guys. If you didn't trust more than three guys to shoot the three or something, you wouldn't want to take 35 threes a game. But BYU's averaging 33, which, again, is top two in the country. Okay, it's okay. all great, but now some concerns. Concerns about BYU. How uh, Foose returning from injury impacts BYU's rotation. One opposing coach, again, from Jeff Borzellis, ESPN.com article. It changes them quite a bit. You're adding guys that are non-shooters, meaning Foose. Even though Traore can score in the post, you're adding someone that you don't need to guard on the perimeter. You play them a little differently with Khalifa the five-out stuff, you can't play off him or be in drop, meaning go under the screen, or be in your normal coverage. He's slow to roll, but he makes you pay. Not a great three-point shooter. He is the last couple uh-huh. of games. Yes, he is. Uh, but it's enough to where he can go two for three. You have to guard him. You cannot just guard those other guys. This is interesting because, yeah, we have we're, we have everything under a microscope here. And so we're like, hey, now, you know, Foose, he's actually taken and made a few threes this season. Like, so maybe that – Two for three, I want to say. Maybe, maybe that part of his game is developing or maybe there's a little bit more of a green light for a guy like Foose. I don't know. I, I, I agree with the assessment of Foose. You don't have to guard him at the three-point line. But they're going to leave him open. Like, I would. Like Cincinnati tomorrow. Like, if let, Foose is like, on the floor, they're going to give him 10 to 12 feet of space. Yeah, yeah. They gave Rondo that much space, too. But, yeah, that's another story. Uh, Will Foose, true or false, Will Foose, if he's given that much space, take a three tomorrow? In game one? Maybe. (laughs) I think I I wouldn't be surprised to see it. Yeah. Because because he's going – they do not respect it, nor the numbers bear out that they should. Right. You you would like 10 other people to shoot the three over that for sure. But it doesn't mean he won't or can't make it. So, yeah, while it takes a three-point shooter off the floor – you add your best post Exactly. You add arguably your best rebounder, by the way. A Tiki per 40 rebounding, by the way, is like up to nine. He, he's a good rebounder, Jeremy, man. Foose is such a good finisher around the rim. Like, yeah. he is so wily and creative under the hoop about using angles and to prevent shot blockers from being able to have, you like, have a full swing at it. have to be six, five and a yes. half. He is but a so seven, two good. Back. His footwork and yeah. his strength and his ability to get angles around the rim to, to prevent shot blockers from doing their thing is so good. Yeah. So, yeah, you take a, a three-point shooter out Wide the Wide hips, you, strong base. He's, yeah. But you yeah. add a lot, and you add a lot defensively as well. Yeah. Okay. So, it, it, it's fair if, if we're just looking at it from he doesn't shoot the three well. I think okay. it's fair. Fair. Yeah, and you, you kind of have to guard Ali Khalifa now. <laughs> you can't just let him shoot threes. You can't just drop. Well, if you body him, then you bring guys around screens. and. Um, yeah, no, no, no. It, when Ali Khalifa has the ball, he is the most dangerous man in college basketball yo, right now. Jokic life. Shooting the three slash passing. Like, Let's go. He's amazing. Okay, another opposing coach. And we're talking about three-point shooting regression here specifically. Yeah. Quote, it's probably going to regress a little bit when they're facing better teams. 
one you don't have to help on drives because you have better athletes that can just guard the ball. Like better one-on-one -on -one defenders. Yes. Yeah. Teams that have defenders who can guard in space. And if BYU is not making threes, what is their floor? Certainly you have to make threes. I don't believe that BYU – like when people say, oh, you live and die by the three. No, BYU does not live and die by the three. Certainly about 50% of their points coming from the three – I see that argument, but BYU cuts and gets at the rim a lot. They're out in transition. They have tons of bench points. They, have, uh, they share the basketball. They find the open shooter. They can create things. Yes, there will be matchups where there's tremendous defenders where BYU is a little more frustrated when they try and get to the rim. But I still believe that BYU is going to be able to get up a lot of threes. Now, it may not be 30-plus a game, but if BYU is still in the high 20s, that's, that's not that they're going big to of a difference. They're going to push for 35 a game. There's so many good three-point shooters, they're going to try. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to get to 35 for the season average. They're at 33 now, and you haven't even started Big 12 play, so there's no way, in my opinion, you get to 35 average later. But if you can be 30-plus, that's the space you want to be in. And, oh, well, just taking threes. You have so many good shooters that taking that many, you will make 10-plus. BYU is 12-0 when they make 10 or more. The one they did not – the one game they did not, they went 7 of 30, and they lost, and they still almost won that game They had a without shot. Foos. They had a shot at the end of the game. Without Foos, too. Played their worst game, and it was a one-possession game. Which, by the way, Utah's a good team. That wasn't a bad loss, per se. Although, last night, Utah lost Arizona State, so that also kind of helps BYU. More on that later. Yeah. <laughs> Sun Devils running away with it yeah. down in Tempe. Okay, so overall, I don't think I have any huge concerns with anything that was said positive no, or I, I critically agree. Please make it manifest. about yeah, exactly. BYU in this article. Yeah. I thought all of it was decently fair. Yeah, so yeah. really fun article. Yeah. Uh, there's, no, there's no statement about, all their guys are 28 years old. Yeah, like, it's like, no, we have that. two 26-year-olds, but no, yes. None of that. <laughs> Our question of the day is this. With BYU men's basketball opening Big 12 play tomorrow, how ready do you believe BYU is to compete in the Big 12. Mm. We're asking you to quantify essentially your confidence in the Cougars' ability to go and play and play well there. At Texas Vandy 14 on X answers, part of the excitement and anticipation is we have no freaking idea if BYU <laughs> is ready. <laughs> we know BYU is a solid team with depth, plays together well, and can shoot. We don't know how BYU actually stacks up against the best conference in the country. Can't wait to find out. Hashtag BYUSN on X, Facebook, and Instagram. It is funny. We have a sense, right? We don't know, but we have a sense based on San Diego State, NC yeah. State. There are some Utah. comparable teams. We have enough, yes, to be like, oh, my gosh. And the fact that BYU's, you know, blown out seven teams by 20-plus, they're playing great ball. It certainly changes in the Big 12, but it doesn't mean BYU's going to walk in there and go to 6-12. and 12. But it doesn't mean they're going to go 12-6 and 6 either. Let's see what they are, and I uh, can't wait to see it starting tomorrow night, man. Progression to the mean, 9-9. Nine and nine. <laughs> Let's go. Maybe. We'd take it. Tomorrow night, number 12, BYU taking on Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Pre-game coverage, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio and the pre-game on the BYU TV app because on BYU TV, you're going to have men's volleyball. This is a game to pay Wes Miller back for what his North Carolina team did to BYU in 2005. Yeah, Wes Miller didn't do Jack squat. <laughs> but yes, he came out of the bench. Up next, the head coach of BYU Perfect basketball, time. Mark Pope, is live in Studio B to preview BYU's opener against Cincinnati. What are his biggest confidence points and question marks about his team? This is BYU Sports Nation. You know, a year in, they got a year under the belt, and they're getting more and more capable about making adjustments. 
We weren't perfect tonight, but the guys were great. It made it super fun. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Game day eve for BYU men's basketball as they approach Big 12 conference play. And to help us tip off Big 12 play, there's only one appropriate figure that can do so. That is the head basketball coach at BYU, Mark Pope. Back in Studio B, coach, welcome. This is the look nowadays, right? The sweatsuit, like you're yeah, ready to go? Yeah, and I'm matching. I'm matching. You know, last year I was an unmixed match, and this year I'm matching, and I just feel swaggy, man. When I, I just do. It's just, it's, it's like a new me. We need to start. It's with like a, a good hair question. day. You know, you have a good hair day, and you're like, "Woo, let's go!" At what point? Because you had a cool flat top in yeah. Kentucky. At what point were you like, "I can still grow my hair out, but I'm just gonna buzz it"? No, no. Because this is a choice. You don't understand. I rate, I rate my hair every day. Like this, is, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in the middle of a great hair day. I mean, look at this. <laughs> Yesterday, not so good. I was on the show well. last night. It was great. I was like, ah, hair just not doing it right. But today, it's <laughs> this been morning fantastic. It's yes. Yeah, you don't have to tell dollars. us. <laughs> okay, I'm serious. We should start every interview that we do with a fashion question. For sure. It was about your tie the last time I talked that's, to you. That's okay? right. That's right. we came out of Christmas. Mark's just yeah, blowing up every Spencer interview <laughs> no. now after. I'm, all, I'm for it. Like, let's just go fashion. Get As it out the of the way. As the least fashion-oriented person in the world, yes. Leanne's got you. <laughs> We've been discussing on the show where BYU, we feel, is the most ready for Big 12 play in this men's basketball side. Maybe where there are some question marks. So let's start there with you. You know better than everybody else. Where do you feel like your team's most ready to hop into Big 12? We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, but I think in terms of our identity, in terms of us, when things get hard about us leaning into what we do and who we are, that's the place where I feel like I, I, I have some security. I, our team has some security. Is just um, we have somewhere to go, right? Um, when things go bad, where do you go? And I think our guys know where to go. Uh, it's a matter of uh, our faith in doing it, right? We got to we got to continue to grow our faith in doing it, but at least we know where that is, and and um, that's nice. I think there's a lot of teams that are kind of rolling through the season right now that still don't exactly know how they're built, what they're about, and where they're going to go when things get tough. I think our team does. What's the latest on Foos and his availability? Who's been great. Uh, you know, he, he made it through a full practice-ish yesterday. Uh, we'll see how he is today, and then it'll be kind of a game-time decision uh, Saturday, but we're super hopeful. Okay. How does he affect uh, things in terms of uh, the X's and O's slash the rotation at this point? Because yeah. it's hard to pull anyone off the court right now. Yeah. Everyone's playing great. Atiki's probably played his yeah. two best games at BYU. Ali, yes. of course, is leading the nation in assist-to-turnover ratio and whatnot, making threes. Yeah, these three guys uh, give us such different dynamics. I mean, Atiki is, is, gives us an aerial attack that is so important. It's another dimension to the game that's really important to us. Uh, Ali gives us this, you know, back 30% of our offense that is just unleashed when he's on the floor that most teams don't get to experience and, and that we do and gives our guys a whole nother opportunity to work together. And Foose is just this, this, this kind of immovable force on the glass and in the post and, and kind of his, as a short roll guy. And so they all bring really different things to the table that are super important for us. And, and uh, we'll, you know, if, if we can you know, magically keep them all in some state of health, we'll try and get you know, a couple of those guys on the floor at the same time. It's gonna, be a, it's gonna be a work in progress that we haven't had a chance. We really haven't had one day to work on it so far. So that's gonna be a, a, a in progress, a rich person's problem that we get to have through the course of the conference season. So just break it out in Big 12 play, yes. which <laughs> yes. is really fun. Uh, with Foose, is he, if he's available, do you bring him off the bench to start? Is yeah, gonna, uh, yeah I think, I think uh, for sure right for sure. now where we're still trying to, it's going to be a game time decision. We'll for sure bring him off the bench, and that's going to be, um, I mean, come on. That's a real luxury. Who, who has a chance to bring? You think about it, you know, we could be bringing 
Jackson and Poos off the bench. <laughs> and, and Richie Saunders, you know, the most efficient offensive player in the country, and, and uh, it's pretty exciting. Mark Pope is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Maybe you already answered the question as far as, like, your biggest question mark because it could deal with the roster and injuries and who's available. But if it's not that uh, and, and it's just a scheme question, what, what's your biggest remaining question mark about this team? Um, well, listen, we, we just, you know, it's, we're in the same place every team is in the country except we're – doing it for the first time, right? So uh, one of the fun things for us this year is we essentially have a 31-game non-conference season. That's how it is for us in the sense of, like, every single thing is new. If we were in the WCC, we'd kind of – we know exactly what it feels like to go to Gonzaga or go to San Diego or go wherever. And um, we know what feeling – playing those teams in general, you have a sense, and it's kind of the magic of conference plays. There's the familiarity. For us, it's not. Um, and so um, that's really exciting for us. And so the, all the question marks lie in that. And then, of course, the big question mark for this conference is um, how can you be resilient through the course of the conference? It's, it's 18 games. Every single one is a toss-up. Um, there's no gimmies. Uh, and it's, it's great basketball every single night. And so that's a new experience for us that, that BYU basketball has never faced before. Um, and I can't wait. Like, um, the guys are excited about it. We're excited about it. We understand. You know, we have no idea what we're going to get, but we know exactly what we're going to get. We know we're going to get punched in the mouth. We know there are going to be moments and stretches where people are like, they have no chance. It's not working. And then we know there's going to be stretches where people are like, man, this is incredible what this team is doing. All of that's going to happen. It's all going to happen. And, um, and so let's go. What's the best part about being so good so far and having some people question sort of the sustainability of certain aspects yeah. of this, but knowing that you're going to compete no matter what at a probably higher level than maybe at the beginning of the season yeah. uh, when, when you roll it out, and now you're like, hey, we're going we're gonna to be in this uh, way better than maybe even we thought. Yeah, well, it's, it's nice. Um, this is going to sound a little arrogant, but it's not. It's, this is actually pretty factual. When you're a top five net team, when you've been number one in the net and you're a top five Kempom team, there's really only one discussion to have. You don't have the discussion, can you get better? The only conversation left to have is, can you be sustainable or, or get worse? And so as we're a 24-hour news cycle, you guys are trying to figure out something to talk about. And <laughs> you only have two options left because you can't get better. And so um, that's a fun place to be in. Um, every time you get somewhere, you know, in this journey through basketball life, um, you know, we've been places in the algorithm where BYU basketball has never been in, in, in the history of Ken Palm or the net. And, you know, you just take those things. That's not your goal, but you take them, you got to put them in your pocket. You're like, we did it. And now let's move on and try and do the next thing. And that's actually super satisfying. Um, it's really exciting for us. And, and so that, you know, the, the, those, those numbers are really important uh, at the end of the season. Uh, we're there right now, and so the question is, um, can we keep growing and getting better in this new competition? And, and that's awesome. Like, you couldn't be in a better spot. The swaggy Mark Pope is with us on BYU Sports Station. At what point in the offseason did you first sit back and think, I think we could be special? I think we could be really good. Was there, like, a definitive moment or a week or something? When did that first kind of cross your mind, like, whoa, our guys are pretty good well you know it's it, listen long-term projects are complicated they're scary right it's in 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 sports of course there's no patience for it nobody has patience for it and so um i think we felt like we had a vision of where we we're going to go and 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 you have a clear vision of what you're trying to become and the question is like 
how quickly do you kind of reach those steps, those new levels? How do you get there? And so I don't know if there was a, I, I think for, uh, for the, you know, for the last, I mean, I think we had such positive signs last season where we're like, okay, this is actually, we have a chance, this can work. I think our mindset was very different than maybe other people's mindset and the way we were reading the, the, what was happening. And, um, and then I think there were some steps this summer. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, our foreign tour, I think our practice, I felt were really good. I felt like we had guys, you could see progress in guys this summer. Um, you could see that Noah was kind of living in a new space, that he was kind of embracing stuff rather than kind of fighting some stuff. You could see that Jack's, like you could see the evidence of Jack's. I say this over and over and I still people don't, 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 don't think people understand how important it is, but Jack's going way out of his way to build relationships with guys on this team. Mm. Um, you know, you could see, uh, um, you know, guys like Richard Saunders' confidence rising. You could see... Uh, Dallin Hall, like digging into his like whap, 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 uh, pull up uh, work off the bounce, right? Which is a space where he's really, really grown his game. And I could keep going down the list, right? Um, Foos had a, you know, unfortunately he's been unhealthy for the last six weeks, but he had a fully healthy summer for the first time. You could see his progress. And, and uh, these moments where we saw Dawson Baker, we, we haven't had him very much, but in the moments we saw him were great. And, and then, you know, there's some stuff that happened new. Um, you know, like we never got to, to see Ali Khalifa until we kind of threw him in the game at North Carolina State. We really didn't get to see him in live Amazing. practice or live play. And, and so it's just been a building process and we still have so far to go. And this is kind of year two of a multi-year project. We still are in a, in a massive building phase, but um, it, it, you know, you do see all these little spots where it's pretty Your rewarding. team's ability to adapt on the fly is notable for sure, compared to last year. Yeah, and it's, it's just guys, it's, it, but that's the only way you get to this is by doing that. Yeah. Like, we all wish there was a magic pill. You guys are tired of me saying this, but there's no way to gain experience other than experiencing. There is no shortcut to yeah. this. And, and you just think about, um, you know, what this team has a chance to do next year in the sense of like, you know, because our experience is going to be double fold. Right. And and um, and so that's the, it's you don't get to do it in college athletics very much anymore. It's one of the things that makes BYU extraordinary is that, you know, we might have this little space where we actually get to build something, not just be something right now in college basketball. You just have to be something you get one year to just be something. And. And um, we're, we're, we're trying to roll a little different, and it's a scary experiment, but it's sure been fun. So far, so good. Yeah. Okay, Cincinnati's interesting. 11-2. and two, They're seeking a quad one or quad two win. Yeah. 37 in net. They've mixed the lineup quite a bit. A couple of guys have been out, like Frederick and Bandego. Are you sure what you're going to get tomorrow in terms of lineup? Because they've yeah. mixed it quite a bit. Um, and they're not sure, right, in sense of, like, they're a little bit like us. We're going to kind of throw Foos in the mix, hopefully Saturday, and first time we've had these guys together. And they'll be a little bit in the same in the same place where they're going to kind of hopefully have all their guys for the first time in the entire season, and they're good. Uh, this is a really good team. This is a talented team. This is a team that has not seen their best basketball by a mile, um, and so. But you know, like we're going to have the conversation, the same conversation with every single team we play in this league. And um, so I think the Cincinnati team is, I think they're put together in a really interesting way. Um, I think they have a chance to be really, really good. They played great basketball, obviously already being 11 and two, and, and uh, it's gonna be an epic battle. Rebounding will be wild, because yeah. they're two of the top 
defensive rebounding teams. You yeah. prevent the other team from the offensive glass specifically. Yeah, and, and, and um, you know, again, you think about um, Cincinnati. They haven't had their most important rebounding pieces together on the floor at the same time yet. That's a little bit terrifying. You're talking Reynolds and Bandego and Lockin. Yes, and 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 so you and so you look at them and and they're the number one defensive percentage rebounding team in the country, and they haven't even been at full strength. And, and that's number a, three. Yeah, it's a that's a huge that's a huge challenge for us because the offensive glass is wildly important to us. Like it is massively important the way we, we play this game and the way we attack this game. And so, um, I fully expect that you know tomorrow we're probably you know there's a chance we're not going to see a ton of success on the offensive glass in the first three minutes or seven minutes or fourteen minutes. For us, the key is can we be. What makes us special is we go every single time, every single possession, all game long. And at some point, there's a breaking point. At some point, this game breaks open on the offensive glass, and we're gonna have to be, we're gonna have to be so committed all night long, every single possession, to finally get to that, to finally earn that space where we kind of make some progress. And is a, you know, it's two of the best uh, statistically rebounding teams in the country tomorrow. And uh, come on, if you if you're a rebounding fan, come to the game, baby. <laughs> Let's, Let's go. go. Let's go, yes, Wedge. My two favorite <laughs> phrases from you are rebound and punch it. <laughs> I, I, I love punch it. Punch it, Chewy. <laughs> go. Expect a lot of that tomorrow, Coach. Thanks for hanging out with us in Studio B. Appreciate Big you. Big play. Let's go. Let's go. Let's give some karma. Yeah, huh? All yeah. the karma we can give. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, hey, cool. women's hoops in action as well. It's a doubleheader on uh, ESPN Plus. Big Twelve now on ESPN Plus. BYU and I. Iowa State, 6 Eastern time on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio, and then later BYU Cincinnati and men's. Well, with it being opening weekend for BYU men's basketball, we're going to take a broad look at the best basketball conference in America and everything that's going on across the Big 12 next on BYUSN. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. You can follow the show on social media for content throughout the 24-hour day. The news cycle is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We are live in Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out your Friday headlines. Number 12 men's basketball hosts Cincinnati tomorrow. We're on to Cincinnati. In the Big 12 opener. Let's go. 12-1 Cougs, number two in net. Cincinnati enters the game 11-2, number 37 in net. Ken Palm predicts a BYU win 81-70, 84% chance to win. You like that? You like that? I do like that. Pre-game coverage begins tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app and BYU Radio. BYU remains a three seed in Lenardi's latest bracketology. BYU women's basketball still searching for their first Big 12 win. Now 0-2 after losing most recently to Oklahoma. They get a shot at home against Iowa State tomorrow in the Marriott Center. Game tips at 6 Eastern, 4 Mountain. You can watch on the Big 12 now on ESPN Plus or listen live on BYU Radio as well. Cougars in the NFL, final week of the regular season. Puka Nakua and the Rams play Fred Warner and the Niners. Puka, four receptions, 29 yards away from the NFL rookie receiving records in those two. Tyler Algier and the Falcons play Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and Daniel Sorensen in the Saints. Both the Falcons and the Saints are still live for the playoffs. Both teams could still win the NFC South with a win and a Bucks loss. Nuts. KVN and the Ravens play the Steelers Saturday. Ravens already locked up the one seed in the AFC. Jaron Hall, Kyrus Tonga, and the Vikings play the Lions. Vikings can still make the playoffs with a win and some help. And Michael Davis and the Chargers play Andy Reid's Chiefs. The Chiefs clinch the AFC West last week. Let's keep it rolling with more Cougars in the NFL. Blake Freeland and the Indianapolis Colts host the Houston Texans. The Colts need a win and they are in the playoffs. Chris Brooks and the Miami Dolphins host the Buffalo Bills, who are surging. The Dolphins can clinch the AFC East 
with the win there. Sione Takitaki and the Cleveland Browns take on the Cincinnati Bengals. The Browns already locked up their playoff spot last week. Zane Anderson and the Green Bay Packers play the Chicago Bears. The Packers can clinch a playoff spot I need a Packers with the victory. Loss, though, and a Seahawks win. Dax Milne's Commanders take on the Dallas Cowboys. And, oh, by the way, Zach Wilson ruled out for the New York Jets. He is still in concussion protocol. It feels like a long time that he's been in concussion protocol. Number nine men's volleyball opens the season with two-game series against number 11 Ball State tonight and tomorrow at 9 Eastern on a channel called BYU Let's TV. Let's go! They own it! The Cougars are coming off a 19-7 season last year, returned five starters from last year's team. We'll chat with Mix Romanus and Capono Brown next segment. BYU Gymnastics also opening their new season tonight in Las Vegas in the Mean Girls Super 16 Gymnastics Championships. <laughs> That's a fun sponsorship. It's not a description, it's a sponsorship. The other teams competing in BYU session include Minnesota, Oregon State, and Southern Utah. Really, really high-level competition there. Those are today's headlines. Now some opinions in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Let's go Mean Girls version, shall we? Mean Dudes. Uh, Big 12 games this weekend. TCU at number two, Kansas. West Virginia at number three, Houston. 18th ranked Baylor at Oklahoma State. Iowa State at number 11, Oklahoma. UCF at Kansas State. Texas Tech at number 20, Texas, and of course, Cincinnati at number 12, BYU. What other game besides BYU's catches your eye the most? 18th ranked Baylor at Oklahoma State. Why? Because BYU plays at Baylor on Tuesday. I'm all in on what the Bears are and what they can do on the road against a team they should beat. Oklahoma State is good. They're not great. They have not they're played great this year. They've struggled for sure, right? Yeah, they've struggled. What is Baylor at Oklahoma State? What do they look like? Because BYU gets the Bears on Tuesday. Yeah, I agree. Baylor is interesting. Iowa State at Oklahoma is probably the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. Um, West Virginia, who's got the influx of Raekwon Battle and some other guys uh, out of the double transfer thing. They're a different team. They are, they are very different at number three, Houston. But give me home teams to win, except Baylor goes to Oklahoma State. And probably wins. pulls that off. Okay. Arizona State. It's tough to win on the road. Utah knows the best after losing to the Sun Devils last night in men's basketball. So is this a double win for BYU somehow that Arizona State beat Utah because BYU's played both? Yes. You want that Arizona State win to get into the quad two space, uh, quad three space at the moment, I believe. So, yeah. No, that was absolutely. It's Huge rare win. that Brigham Young University roots for the Devils. But that's what happened last night. But when they're Sun Devils. When they're Sun <laughs> Devils. It's okay. Uh, yeah, let's get Arizona State uh, sub 100 in the net for sure. Beating Utah will certainly help with that. Ninth ranked BYU men's volleyball, as we mentioned, opening their season tonight against 11th ranked Ball State. Oh, <laughs> look who dressed up. Mix Robinson wow. and Capono Brown all dressed up in their suits and ties. Somewhere to go. Ready to break down the matchup against the Cardinals. Boom goes the dynamite on BYU Sports Nation. They look good. They do. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. I mean, the, the team this year is just a group of dogs. I really, I'm really excited for a team to underestimate us. It's a wonderful and exciting time. There's energy, there's excitement, and then when it's our turn to lace them up, uh, our guys, will, they'll entertain, they'll get after it. Let's do this. BYU men's volleyball back to work tonight as the season begins. Welcome back to Studio B with Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Joining us now, a dynamic duo from BYU men's volleyball, Capono Brown and Mix Romanus. Welcome to Studio Thanks, B, guys. You guys look Thank good. You. Oh, yeah. <laughs> On a business trip here, let's, let's talk. 
It's always business. It's always business. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep it formal today. Pre-game, come on now. Is this a team-wide thing, or is this just something that you two wanted? For the show. It's a team-wide mindset. Mindset, sure. yes. <laughs> yes mindset, yeah, something we wanted to... You know, more more literally show. I love it because no one does this. No one comes in like this. It's not volleyball media day. It's the beginning of the season, but I love it. Talk to us, Mix, about this team this year. You lose Heath Hughes, Noah Hain, and Tyler Hergett kind of battle for that starting spot. We'll see if Noah's the guy or Tyler's the guy tonight. You lose Mitchell Worthington to graduation, but all the hitters are back. Yeah. Um, men's basketball has shown us that getting old can mean you take a big leap. You guys took a big leap last year. Yeah. What are you expecting this year with a lot of the same guys? I think it's going to be the same thing as you said with basketball. I think a leap is coming. I mean, we still have to work our way up to like an elite, a more elite level. But with Bernardo coming in and Noah Hergy coming in, like uh, I think it's going to be a force to reckon with if we when we get our stuff together when we really focus up, it's going to be it's going to be a force. Bernardo Adam going to play libero now, which yes, is going to be exciting. Yes, and your head coach, Sean Olmstead, thinks that he is going to be very, very special off the radar right now, but uh, says that, look, he's going to be a fan favorite. What, what is it about him that you think BYU fans will love? You go ahead. Bernardo just has such an energy about him. I mean, we call it a Brazilian energy in the gym. <laughs> but he's not afraid to get in someone's face. Um, he's not afraid to just lay out for ball, and I think that's what's – going to make him super special and stand out to some of the fans. What does that do for you, Capona, when you see him doing that? Me seeing him lay out um, makes me want to lay out for him too. So, I mean, uh, we kind of say this in the gym, but a rising tide lifts all boats. And seeing Bernardo just lay out and give it, it, all, give it his all and get in our faces makes me want to do the same thing. So, yeah. Why are you guys off the radar? I would think that you should be more on the radar. I was a little weirded out by number nine in the ABCA poll, which you think, oh, nine. No, no, no. You always got to be like top six is what I'm thinking. And then uh, you were tied for third in the MPSF poll. Were, were you motivated by this in any way? No, I love it. I, 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 same thing as last year. It's like a, last year when we saw our ranking, it was like, all right, these guys don't know what's happening this year. Excuse me. <coughs> it's an emotional thing, man. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but especially this year, I feel like, that we, we should have been ranked higher. They should understand what we have. But I think since we lost Heath, he was, a, he was a massive part of the team as well. So I feel like that's why they might underestimate us. But with, again, Nardo, Noah, or Hergie coming in, again, it's going to be dangerous. I feel like we can definitely be the, one of the most dangerous teams in the NCAA. For the record, Coach Olmstead told me he forgot to submit his vote in time. So, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's the preseason one. Sean! So. <laughs> but maybe that's part of the master plan. <laughs> it could be. So that you come in at number nine. He puts right? you guys at like 20 just to tank it. Oh, no one thinks we can do it, including me. No, that's oh funny. Don't tell him I told you that. <laughs> We're not Nobody on national TV knows. or radio. Nobody that's hilarious. Knows. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, Capono, how do you handle I mean, Mix just talked about it a, a little right. bit, but how do you navigate mentally preseason rankings? I really do not care about what the rankings say. I'd rather us be ranked lower than us be ranked higher for the reason that um, that means we get to have a reasonable chip on our shoulder. And um, going into games um, where you're ranked high, that means you have something to live up to. But right now, ranked number nine, not all that high, means we've got not much to lose. So I think that's really fun. It's a fun position to be in, yeah. UCLA won the national title. Uh, it's been a minute since they won one. Obviously, MPSF representing there. Finally taken off uh, the Big West. Honestly, I'm fine with it. I know UCLA is the rival, but I was like, hey, better MPSF than Big West. 
What's that race going to be like in the league where obviously it's tough every year, Stanford brings back a lot, GCU brings back a lot, Pepperdine's always good, and so on? Well, it's going to be an interesting dynamic for sure. I mean, UCLA was a great team. They got a bunch of guys stacked. Like, uh, they have massive depth on their roster when it comes to every position. But um, their starting positions right now are, are amazing players, but I think we have what it takes to kind of topple them. I think they've reached their potential a little bit sooner than ours, but when we reach ours, I think ours will be higher than theirs. So when we get to that level, when we get there this season, I feel like it'll definitely be mm. a force to reckon with when it comes to either Pepperdine, GCU, or... Um, Stanford and Stanford, Pepperdine. Yeah. And, yep, yep. Where do you feel like this team has taken the biggest strides in progression during off-season training? Is it serving? Is it passing defense overall? Like, Where, where do you feel like this team is, is markedly better than you were last year? And both, a question for both of you. We'll, ask, we'll start yeah. with you, Mix. I think it's mainly passing and defense. In years past, BYU hasn't been the best passing team, but we've always had amazing attackers, and that's still the case But um, when it comes to attacking. But definitely on passing, we've kind of found our, our, a, a new system. Well, not really that new, but more committed to the system as players, and it's something easy to follow, and we know what we're doing, and especially with the different things we're going to try out in the game, it's going to be fun to see how well we pass this year. And the same on defense, especially with the Brazilian mentality as <laughs> Bernardo. It's going, to be, it's going to be fun. I think we're going to get way more balls up in the libero position. Love Mitch Worthington, one of the best passers in the NCAA, but Bernardo is also an animal yeah. on the court. Capone, what's gone into the improved passing that Mix was just talking about? Um, I think there's a little bit more of a mindset on defense for us to just lay out for every ball. Like we kind of talked about earlier with Bernardo on defense. That kid goes for everything. And I think that's kind of a mindset we've all adopted this year, trying to go for everything. So I agree with Mix. I think that's one of, a, one of the strengths we've picked up in the offseason. Um, one of the other strengths we've picked up is kind of working as a team unit and figuring out how to build into each other's strengths and really maximize how we move as a team. So that's one more thing I'd like to add. Capone, this is the most important question. I've saved it for now. Uh, <laughs> what kind of uh, hair product do you use? Because your hair is looking incredible. I treat my hair really good. So <laughs> a lot of conditioner, not too much shampoo. Mm. If it's really dry, which just happens in Utah for some reason. You're a Hawaiian kid. Yep. I know. So coconut oil works really well. Just leave it in there overnight. Like, like how much? Like a, like a quarter's worth? What are we talking about? Depends yeah. on how dry your hair is. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But like just a little bit. You okay. just mix it in there, get it all around, leave it yeah. in there overnight, oh, wash okay. it out in the morning. Don't use shampoo, use conditioner. And then boom. I got to take notes too. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you guys ask. That's really good to know. Steve Bale always calls you Ricky Schroeder. Yeah. Are you aware of the comp? Do you know who yes. Ricky Schroeder is? Have you looked this up? I've actually, oh my goodness. Uh, well, I think it's a comment you said. But yes, my mom sent me pictures of him afterwards. I was like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> and then the, the whole thing about the bullet, the, the bowl cut mullet thing, that was hilarious. Too. But I mean, I can't hold it against you guys. The hair was a little weird there in games. So I understand. It's a little more consistent yeah, now. Right? No, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to trim it up a little bit, but it's, I get it. It's totally fine. But, yeah. All right, uh, 30 second scouting report on Ball State. Capona, what's it going to be? They've got a pretty young roster, a roster that doesn't have a lot of film on them. But um, they have this gnarly outside coming back. He's super physical. He balled out against BYU last year. Yeah, yeah he did. Um, I think that was his best game last year, not going to lie. But, um, yeah, so we know he's coming back. Uh, we know some of the guys that they have that could be in the game. Uh, they've got three lefty oppas. That's always fun to see. Um, they have a returning middle that's got some experience. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be good to see how well – we did our scouting report tonight. Yeah. Let's and being go. at home is always awesome. Let's go. Yeah, right, every right. match at home last year was pretty fun to watch. Yep. Great to have you in Studio B.
some BYU Sports Nation karma tonight for the Ball State match. Yeah, let's have some fun. Tonight. And for tomorrow night, frankly. This is Both back nights. Back -back let's matches. go. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, boys. Yeah, thanks for having you. us. Number nine, men's volleyball. Taking on number 11, Ball State tonight. It's on BYU TV. A lot of our games went to ESPN+. Plus. Not men's volleyball. All on BYU TV tonight. Let's go. How ready do you believe BYU men's basketball is for Big 12 play? It begins with Cincinnati tomorrow. Your elite response to that question next on BYU Sports Day. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back with our question of the day. With BYU men's basketball opening up Big 12 conference play tomorrow, how ready do you believe the Cougars are to compete in the Big 12? David Hammond on X says, I feel BYU is ready, but we'll be getting a reality check. I do feel BYU will finish over 500 in conference play, but will struggle with teams like Kansas, Baylor, Houston, and Oklahoma. 12 and 6 in conference play would be a win for me. 12 and 6 would. What? What? You can't say reality check and then go 12 and 6. 12 and Blue 6 would be like Blue a two alert. seed in the NCAA Blue tournament. Alert. Blue goggle alert. <laughs> Holy cow. Reality check in a positive way? Is hey, that what you meant I, by that? I like it. That's funny. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Brian C on Instagram. Much more prepared than last season, but despite the 12 yeah. and 1 start, we would be happy, fans, with a 9-9 conference record because it is the Big 12. I would expect BYU in, in uh, the WCC to go like 14-2 with this group right now. Which, who cares about that? <laughs> Today's rise <laughs> and shout-out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics. The start of men's volleyball and gymnastics seasons, which the tournament, the competition – that gymnastics is in the Mean Girl Super 16 or whatever. Yes. That is funny because yes. it's sponsored. It's not a description. Okay? Don't get crazy. Let's go. Come on. Our thanks to today's guests, Mark Pope, Mix Romanus, and Capono Brown. All were awesome. They all looked good. Try to Dennis. You look good sometimes. <laughs> for Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Brendan Sander. We'll see you tonight for BYU Men's Volleyball. Live on BYU TV! Yeah! 9 Eastern! All night! Go Cougs!